0: Episode 5 of Talent Jockey. Hey, hey. Welcome to Talent Jockey. I'm your host, Sean. Talent Jockey, we're a podcast here where I talk to job seekers, recruiters, and hiring managers about the world of talent acquisition, providing tips and advice, insight, anything I can to bring all three of those to a win 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 situation. Happy 2015. This is the first episode I'm recording in 2015. Uh, So we're going to talk about resolutions. No, 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 I'm kidding. We're not going to talk about resolutions. If you have them, great. And if you can execute on them, awesome. Goals are good. I like goals. I think everybody should have goals. I don't think it needs to be a resolution. Goals can be short term. They could be one week. They could be, uh, you know, within the next 90 days. I have a whiteboard with some goals written down. But uh, we're not going to talk about resolutions. But what I do want to talk about is maybe considering making some changes in order to get you noticed if you're a job seeker. Taking, kind of taking yourself to the next level and getting recognized for different things. But before I do that, I want to talk about transparency just a bit. Some of you that may listen to the show know me, might have met me um and if you haven't, that's okay and even through the show, you may get a particular feel for how I approach things and who I am and what I talk about and how I talk about those things and I'm a big advocate of transparency I think it's I think it's good, especially in today's age um I think we just we need to trust people. That they will take the information we give them and not, you know, tr- trust that they're going to do the right thing with the right inform with the information that you give them, especially in a corporate environment um, and being transparent. You know, if things suck in a co- corporate environment and the CEO comes and tells his people uh, or her people that things aren't going that well and this is what we need to do, I think there will be an underlying uh, push within the organization and the staff to kind of right the ship. Um, but if they keep it to themselves and nobody knows that there's an issue and it's just call it's just kind of a facade, well, that doesn't do any good for the organization. So I think transparency, if used properly, is hugely valuable in a lot of aspects of of our careers. Having said that, I'm going to be very transparent with you a little bit about me. And one of those things, I had a conversation with an individual you know within the last couple weeks and we're there were some changes um in in where i am and one of those changes was um i had a uh, how do i put this it came up in conversation about having a college degree and i don't have a college degree even clients that I've had, and that's divulged um and I tell them a lot of them are are they're not well i guess they could you could say they're a little bit surprised um and that just may be because of who I am, and they just assume that I have a college degree, but i don't I have plenty of college courses um and I'm not that far away, so people are probably like, why are why won't you you know finish and I'm, well, eventually someday i i will um or i won't I don't know. It depends, but the reasons I don't have one are are my own, and I don't want to get into a lot of that right now. I don't want to get in. I don't want to be that transparent, right? But one of the things that was brought up is if you are in, you know, vying for a position, whether through getting hired or being promoted, and you have another individual that's up for the same role with the same qualifications, and one has a degree and one doesn't, that could be the determining factor on who gets the position. And I want to say for the record, I totally get it. Totally understandable. Might be hard for me to chew at times, but hey, that's, uh, you know, I I live in that world. You know, I've, and as you get into uh, bigger organizations, the more important it gets as you climb the ladder. I mean, there's very few CEOs of multi-billion dollar companies that don't have a degree. I mean, let's face it now. Now. Yeah, we've got Steve Jobs, and we've got Bill Gates, and I think they even have honorary degrees for that matter. But nonetheless, there are rarities. Um, and I'm not saying it's the be-all, end-all, and that you can't become a CEO if you don't have a degree, but it certainly helps. And I know uh, individuals that have um, no degree, and they've gotten to vice presidents and big organizations and directors And how they've done that is a couple different ways. They may just not divulge it if nobody asks them. They kind of slide in under the radar. Or it's not a factor for the – it's not why that person is hired into that role or promoted into that role. There's some more to it than that, right? And one of the things that I want to talk about today is when I was – when we were in this conversation, I kind of left and I said, yeah, you know, I should really get my degree and I don't know what I'm going to do and, you know, it's a good point. I understand. And and then I thought to myself, wait a minute. Um, you know, you take two resumes and two people with the same backgrounds and same um, experience and one has a degree and one doesn't. So right there tells me that you're comparing apples to apples. And what I'm about to talk to you about today is being an orange. Be an orange. Be an orange and set yourself aside from the orchard of apples or the bushel of apples. And that may be, you know, maybe a stretch, but hear me out, okay? A few years ago, I went to a social media recruiting conference. It was small, uh, it wasn't a 1,000 people. There wasn't really a keynote. Um, but it had some very distinguished guests there. Um, there were individuals that represented Verizon Wireless in talent acquisition, uh, UPS. You know, what What does Brown do for you? There was somebody from Intuit, which is the software, develop, um, software maker of Quicken and uh, Quicken Loans, QuickBooks. You might have heard of them. And very good information, and it had to do with how do you use social media and leveraging the social media channels f- as a recruiter in a recruiting capacity and finding talent. And one of the things that was brought up was also um, something called personal branding. And there were two individuals that I kind of latched onto there when they were speaking about personal branding. Um, one was Jason Sidon, and you can follow him at. S E I D is a dog, E N, on Twitter. And then there's also Craig Fisher, also known as uh, FishDog on Twitter. And you can find him. Actually, I think I know Craig is on Instagram pretty heavily. They're both on LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, I'm sure they have Facebook accounts. But. They both worked together. They did a lot of different consulting with different organizations, t- talking about their talent acquisition processes, social media, marketing, branding, business development. They really covered a lot of different things in their background and experience. While they were um, at the conference, their capacity really was talking about the social media pieces of it and recruiting and talent. But they had – even those two work together um, in the same organization – and but both had some different takes on different things. So you could even say, "Oh, okay, I, I see where he's coming from. I would probably be, you know, lean towards Jason, and on that I'd probably lean towards more uh, Craig." And they would piggyback off each other as they spoke. But one of the things that hit me was I realized is, as a recruiter, you are you are able to do your job almost anytime anywhere with anyone. So for example, when I go out to dinner and I'm waiting for a table and my wife and I are waiting maybe in the bar area um and somebody strikes up small talk or I strike up small talk with an individual sitting there and I say hey, you know, busy night. Yeah, oh yeah, it's busy. Um and you know, I say, you oh, know, do you do you come here often? Is it always like this? You know, what have you and they'll say yes, no or you know, do you live in the area? Yeah, no. Um, and then I just say, hey, my name's Sean. Uh, we happen to live down the street. This is my wife and introduce her. And then it just kind of goes from there. And then I say, well, just out of curiosity, what do you do for a living? Oh, I, I work for the state, uh, the state of Wisconsin where I am, right? I say, oh, okay, well, what do you do for the state? Well, I, I'm in I- IT. I'm an IT manager. Oh, no kidding. Oh, I'm a technical recruiter. And they uh, say, oh, and then we," I say, oh, you know, what area are you in? Are you in this or are you doing that? And then it just spirals into um, small talk. And, you know, if that turns into, you know, here's my business car, let's keep in touch, great. If it doesn't and I see him at the restaurant again, great, right? But right there, I'm, I'm in kind of a recruiting capacity um, and networking, which is part of that, part of that industry, part of recruiting. Now, if you're, you know, a software developer in technology you might go home and work on your own projects, totally get it, very passionate individuals, they set themselves aside, and that's part of their personal branding, which I may go into down in just a few minutes here. You know, but as um, in a, a finance and accounting individual, maybe marketing or, you know, operations, you, you typically do that eight to five, you know, and you might do some bookkeeping on the side, but different industries... Um, it's changed and so one of the things I thought about myself is when you're a recruiter part of what you develop as part of your brand is your rapport with hiring managers and your candidates and that becomes your personal network and as long as you don't upset everybody or you're not abrasive you know you can kind of leverage that and take that where you go I thought, hey, if I had, if I, if I just, if people knew me and they were, they knew me and they knew what I did and that became part of my, my recruiting business, whether I'm in corporate recruiting or staffing or just an individual consultant and staffing my, you know, independently, that's part of some, that's part of my business. I wouldn't want to say it's part part of something I own because it's not really something I own, but it is a an element that plays a big part of what I do. Does that make sense? Hmm. Well, I hope so. And part of that branding that I, I'll give you an example is what I call passive recruiting. We know what passive candidates are. Passive candidates are ones that aren't actively looking for a job. They are satisfied where they are. A lot of the recruiters like those because they're not unemployed. Um, and, so, and so they like to to find passive candidates and see if they would be willing to move from one company to theirs or to their, um, their client's organization. And one of the things I thought about was, and this is one of the conundrums I ran into, was that IT professionals, there's a huge supply, or I'm sorry, there's a huge demand for IT professionals in the marketplace and the supply is just not there. And so a lot of those passive IT professionals are getting hounded by recruiters on LinkedIn and they get canned emails and phone calls. And they just, I mean, at one point in time, I thought I saw a statistic where they receive 20 to 25 solicitations in a week from outside resources. Now, that may be high and it depends on what area you're in. But, I mean, that's a lot. And you can really, I mean, you're kind of, if you get so many, you're going to get irritated after a while. And if I'm, you know, Sean calls them and they get ticked off and I get, you know, lectured and, you know, hung up on, it it doesn't do anything to gain rapport. It doesn't, I'm not going to get that individual into my network. Um, And the reason I won't is because I'm just another Apple So how do you get around that? And one of the things I thought about was I'm going to try to put myself in front of all of them in some capacity or another, but I'm not going to do it actively. I'm not going to call them. I'm not going to send them emails. Now, of course, I do on occasion. It depends on the situation. You know, It's not that I totally cut off trying to actively recruit somebody and source them. You have to do that as part of your job as a recruiter and a sourcer. But I thought to myself, well, how can I really uh, leverage more of a passive approach. And one of the things I thought about was try to be everywhere that I can in front of their face without them actually knowing I'm in front of their face. So how do you do that? And I thought of the billboard analogy. So you drive every day to work or maybe you're not working, but you take a route to the grocery store or the post office. And on that route, you pass a billboard. And that billboard may be the same every day, and you may not even be able to tell me right now what that billboard says on it. And then you go to the supermarket and you pull one of those carts out and you pick up a shopper flyer and you look at that. And then you go to the post office and you're going to mail some letters and bills and you open it up and you throw them into the big blue box or the slot or whatever. And you may get your... Oil changed, or whatever. You go and do all these different things. You know where to go to get your your hair done. Um, you know things we have to do pretty much routinely, even if it's every day or even just weekly or monthly. And I thought to myself, what if that billboard had my name on it and my face and my contact information? And then when they go to the supermarket and they open up the shopper with all the coupons, there's my name, my face contact information and they go to the post office and they open up the mailbox to put their mail in there and there's Sean's face and name and contact information. You see what I'm going? You see what I'm getting at? And then what happens is when they get frustrated with their position or their situation and they want to make a change, they will all of a sudden realize at one point in time they're driving home and they see that billboard and they say, you know what, maybe I should just give that guy a call. Or they go and mail something at the post office and they say, huh, I wonder if I should give this person a call. Or somebody else sees it and they're not willing to make a change, but they consciously see it and they know a friend of theirs that's looking for a change. And they say, you know what, I saw this big goofball on the billboard and uh, had his contact information. Maybe you should give him a call and see what he has to say. So that was part of me trying to leverage uh, personal branding, okay? And and personal branding that's defined by Wikipedia, right, is essentially the ongoing process of establishing a prescribed image or impression in the mind of others about an individual group or organization. That is, I mean, that is key prescribed image or impression in the mind of others that 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 element right there hits home and so there's a few things that come into play on why you will want to try to establish a personal brand or why you will want to establish a personal brand the first one again remember be be the orange don't be an apple first thing resumes they're terrible they suck Yes, I put out how you do it. Yes, I you know I think that they're still going to be around for a while. There's other people that are like, the resume is dead. And the reason they say the resume is dead is because they talk about what I'm going to go into. They want to know more about the individual. They don't want to look at a piece of paper. It doesn't tell them anything. But nonetheless, there's a lot of industry and a lot of organizations out there that that is just nature of the beast. The resume is still there. But I I didn't say I liked them. I didn't say... Uh, that they're they're super super useful. They give you a timeline and experience of what you've done, and maybe list some of your accomplishments. But really, they're just—I mean, how much can you put on two pages? But it's to get you into the interview so you can talk more about yourself. But what if you had a personal brand that helped you out doing that and fleshed out—you know—it complemented that resume even more. Be an orange, don't be an apple. Another reason that you would want to establish a personal brand is because you become more of a known factor. You become more known. Hiring managers have a hard time with the unknown. They really, really do. They will, and different managers, they'll analyze the snot out of, you know, interviews, they'll analyze the snot out of resumes, and... Analysis to the point of analysis paralysis. They can't make a decision. They don't know what to do because it's unknown. What if I make a bad hire? Then what's going to happen? Well, it happens. You're going to make a bad hire. It's just inevitable. But what if the candidate is more known than anybody else in the bushel? They know that this. they have an orange, not an apple. So... The nice thing about becoming more of a known factor is that people will see your perceived value even outside of your resume. That's why when people leave positions and they have the option to hire somebody, if they're smart, they'll leverage their network and go back to people the the top producers that they had in their staff and solicit them to come and work for them. Hey, Come and work for me. I'm over here in this new position. That's how I got a couple of my jobs. An individual called me up and said, hey, I worked with you before. I need a technical recruiter. Will you come and work over here for me? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't considered it. Let's talk. Because they know they know how I perform. They know my work ethic. They know almost probably what I make uh, in an annual salary. They may even know my family and my, my family situation. You know, maybe they know, hey, I know you have to, you know, I know you have to take care of this or that for your family. I get it. It's not a big deal, but it's known, right? If they hire somebody and they don't know that, and then the person kind of says, oh, hey, by the way, I've got to do this and this, then it's like, oh, I didn't know that. So being a known factor is huge. Another reason you want to establish a personal brand is because it shows off your expertise. And what I'm about to go into a lot is going to have to deal with a public forum. So showing off your expertise specifically in a public forum. You can do it in a private forum. Maybe it's a private gathering, user groups, uh, trade industry, um, meetings, things of that nature. But that's still, you know, a public, I would consider that a public forum. But some of the public forum I'm about to go into is more on the on the web and the social side of things. The other th- reason that you want to is because it makes you more real. It, it will add more of a personality to the resume or the interview. It'll make you more human, even the mistakes that you make. One of the things that I talk to brand-new graduates, um, especially in the technical field, and they do um, web development, for example, and they don't have any experience professionally doing web development, but they go home and they have a passion for it, and he or she has a side project. And they don't put that on the resume because they think the resume is only used for professional experience. And I'm like, oh, so I have to correct him on that. Don't do that. If you're a developer, put down your, your own experience, even if it's not professional, personal, it's side project, whatever. Put it on your resume. But, you know, and that, if they create a blog and they put out how they're learning something, I ran into this problem. This is how I overcame it. And this is the feature I was going to implement, and this is why. And this is the problem that I was going to solve. It's not professional, but they're doing it. I mean, it could be – I had an individual, no kidding. Uh, some of you may, may understand this. Some of you may not. But it's, it's a unique story. I asked him – and I had to probe and probe and probe and ask this individual, like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? And one of the things was that he, um, he had a project, and he had a database that he created of prime numbers. okay right? Exciting stuff, right? Sitting on the edge of your seat, prime numbers, holy cow. But I asked, I said, well, why did you, why did you do that? And he said, well, I went on the web and I was looking for, you know, something with prime numbers and I couldn't find a source that would, that would have all of them that I could find and analyze or whatever he wanted to do with them. And I said, okay, uh, great. So you have a database of prime numbers. How big is the database? And he says, it's, um, I think he said at the time, like, 20 gigabytes of prime numbers, just prime numbers, 20 gigabytes. That's, that's a lot folks. If you don't know, that's a lot. And I said, well, how, okay, what database are you using? Are you using uh, a Microsoft database type platform or are you using, you know, my or some of those things? Those are just tools in the industry that you, you can use uh, as a database and put uh, that data into. And he said, no, I created it from scratch using Java. And, I was I, I was like flabbergasted. I'm like, man, this this isn't a smart individual. I have to talk to hiring managers about this person because if they did this just because they were bored or they found an interest in this, they're gonna do really well. And and the hiring manager can probe on more of the technical piece. Why did they do it? How did they do it? you know, some of the obstacles they had to overcome. But just fleshing that out and that they, they just didn't graduate college and do nothing with the information that they learned, that's huge, right? And that's what I'm trying to get at when I talk about personal branding is putting yourself out there and conveying that information that's outside of your resume and you become an orange. All right, so how do you establish a brand? You've got to go through this relatively quick, but bear with me. It's going to be all online presence. First thing you want to establish a home on the web of some kind, whether it's you know a blog, maybe it's YouTube videos and tutorials, um, advice, or you know even a podcast. Right, doing it that way and conveying your ideas and the way that you've overcome things and sharing your knowledge with other people—that is huge. You're wanting to help people, um, so you could. Create a blog. None of the, Some of this doesn't even require a lot of revenue uh, to start up. A blog, you can go to WordPress.com, start one, boom, tomorrow, and it doesn't cost you a dime. Internet access and a computer. And even if you have a cell phone, you can do it. YouTube, same thing. Videotape yourself using your phone. Uh, you got a webcam. Talk about, you know, some of the things that, you know, some of the new accounting principles if you're in that field. Same with podcasts. Podcasts, you know, there's a little... You got to have all this requires time. Rome was not built in a day, folks. You, know, you got to be in the long haul. I've talked to recruiters and I've talked to them a little bit about my approach, and they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to get on Twitter and I'm going to start doing this. And then I'm going to get on Facebook and LinkedIn. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not getting anybody. I'm not getting any interaction or engagement on Twitter. And I'm like, well, it takes time. It takes time. I've been on there for a long time. I think it's been since 2006. You know, that's eight years of futzing around with Twitter and figuring it out. Um, So social media, that's another area. That's a place where you can engage with others. It's another way to communicate with others. So not only does it convey your ideas and thoughts, but it also shows how you convey those ideas and thoughts. How do you communicate with other people, which is really imperative to how you're going to be in the workplace. Again, the hiring manager will see how you do that and to determine whether or not you're going to be a good fit for the position. Now, even if you're the most awesome communicator in the world, maybe you're just too awesome, and that's not what they need. So, But that's okay, because then it's not going to be a fit for you either, and you're going to regret taking the position. So, again, works both ways, hire manager and candidate. Discuss Discussion. Get involved with discussions, whether that's on LinkedIn groups. Get into your industry. Get into a group. Comment make have questions it's okay to be fallible. if you put yourself out there and say i don't know the answer to this can somebody help me out it's okay you know it makes you human goes back to the human element i mentioned you can comment on blog postings showing off your expertise sharing your opinion the thing is you got to do it in a diplomatic manner and you got to do it where you're not you can disagree with people and not be a troll But again, if you do it that way, people will see how your professionalism is and your knowledge and how you portray yourself that becomes a part of your brand. But it does take work and due diligence. You know, I have an individual that I know. um, He he is in IT. He is an IT manager. But he came from doing development and business intelligence and data warehousing. And he's part of the user group, the local users group. He's actually... uh, I think he's kind of one of the driving members of the group. He knows everybody by name. Everybody knows him. Um, He also gets his employer to sponsor a lot of the events because he says, hey, I'm part of this. I'd like to, you know, it's good marketing for the company. There's a good connection with him. He plays the middleman in that kind of instance. But, I mean, I'll tell you, if he were to open up a position... And recruit somebody he'd go to the user group and he'd know who they were and how they work because they're there and they share the same ideas and they they communicate and he'll know which ones don't communicate well in that group um, people will know how he is and his kind of leadership and what they he'll convey what neat things they're doing within the workplace so another thing hiring managers hello is if you are in that uh, if you can get into that you will you can a- attract talent that way People will want to work for cool people, um, cool leaders, things that uh, leaders allow them to do. There goes my phone. I apologize. But and none, nonetheless, think about it. Get yourself out there. If you're having a hard time or you know, know where to start, drop me a line in the comments of this episode. I'd be more than happy to point you in the right direction. You know, maybe we just sit down and, and write out a plan or something. I don't know. Um, it's a great idea to start doing that. And even if it's, you don't have to, you know, dive in with both feet, put the toe in the water, start out small. But I'll tell you what, if that, again, you get two resumes, you know, same experience. You want, not only do you want to have the same, you want more and you want to be that orange, set yourself aside. Don't be another apple. Don't let them, don't allow a hiring manager to compare you, take you, say you're an apple and compare you with other apples. All right I hope that helps. I really do i i I think in today's world this is it, it's really going to be the future of of how people are going to be considered I think um you know if again, if I say for example i I'm uh, reviewing applicants and i it's the qualifications I know but one candidate has a resume, another one has a resume, They say they're just absolutely equal, one-to-one, no question, like identical twins, but one of them is online and contributing to their particular industry uh, or their specific industry and providing advice and guidance and insight, and they have an opinion, and they have a voice, man, that is powerful stuff, I'm telling you. But it's going to take time. you got to be patient. Small, baby steps. I hope that works. Again, drop me a line in the comments on this episode. If you find this, uh, again, helpful, you know, let a friend know. Go on to iTunes. Leave a review. Reviews help me get added exposure. And then other people can discover it and and find help, hopefully, um, in some of the things that I convey. I really appreciate you tuning in. I really do. Uh, This is Sean. I'm signing off. Thanks for tuning in. It's Talent Jockey.